Welcome, everybody, to the Momentous Wealth Podcast, where we discuss current issues in the world of finance and break them down into understandable terms to further your education. Momentous Wealth Management is a financial planning and investment management firm based in Washington. We've been serving clients for more than 20 years, and on this show, we take that experience and put it to the microphone in an effort to educate investors in the complex world of finance and financial markets. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today, it's Nick Miner and Todd Pizarczyk, and today we are talking about the yield curve, Um, some elements that we want to discuss. What is a yield curve? What are the different types of yield curves? And what does a yield curve? curve predict? Why is it important for us to even think about these? So um, yeah, that's we're going to be talking about today. And here we go. So Todd, first thing I want to ask, though, before we get into the nitty gritty details is why do we want to be talking about the yield curve right now for everything that's going on today? Yeah, I, you know, we we love on this podcast being able to take topics that are going on in the news and, and kind of break them down for everybody. So it's uh, understandable and people can can understand why it might impact their finances. This is actually one that I've wanted to do for a while because I think this yield curve term is just a perfect example of the type of jargon that we like to use in our industry to make things sound complex. But in reality, the the yield curve is actually a, it's a somewhat simple concept, but this word yield curve, which is, I don't know, kind of strange. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to break it down, but the reason that now is a good time is because the yield curve has really been in the news quite a bit lately because we have something called an inverted yield curve right now, which we're going to address on, on the show today, what that means. But an inverted yield curve can sometimes be a predictor of recessions. Mm. And so the reason that we're seeing it in the news right now is because of this inversion and obviously continuing to have some uncertainty in the economy, a lot of people are concerned about the fact that our yield curve is inverted and the fact that this uh, can signal recession sometimes. And so a lot of that, the 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 stuff we just talked about, we, we want to break down into an understandable way. So so that's what today's episode is all about. That's great. And one thing I'll, I'll plug, uh, one of our last podcasts, um, a few episodes ago, episodes ago, we talked about recession. So if you want some clarity on more details on that, you should check out that podcast. But uh, Todd, let's let's start with that first question that we want to address is just what is a yield curve in the first place? Yeah. So the, so the yield curve is, it's a graphical representation of interest rates, basically. So okay. um, it, you know, the, the technical definition of the yield curve is that it is a line that plots yields, or in other words, interest rates. So yield just means interest rates. So it's a line that plots interest rates of bonds that have similar credit quality, but differing maturity dates. So what that means in real English is that, you know, if you were to go into your bank or wherever and look at buying a CD, Mm -hmm. you would expect that okay, if I go buy a one-year CD, I'm going to get a certain interest rate. If I go buy a two-year CD, I'm going to get a different interest rate. If I buy a three-month CD. And and so you would expect that normally, the longer you're willing to lock your money up for, the higher the interest rate you would get. Yeah. So the yield curve 
is basically just plotting that out. So if you were to go into the bank, for example, and get a, a, a sheet, like a rate sheet, and it says, okay, here's the differing maturities on your CDs, and here's the different rates you would get, it would be like if you took that and you just you plotted it out, right? You put the interest rate you were getting on the bottom axis and, and you put the, you know, the, the years to maturity on the, on another axis and you just kind of plotted that out. Um, that's the yield curve, right? So the most common yield curve people pay attention to is the U S treasury yield curve. So there's a yield curve that actually plots the rates of U S treasury bonds in our country and it's the, again, the different interest rate you would get dependent upon the maturity that you buy. And when you look at that, normally that yield curve is going to map out the rate that you would get on a one, two, three, four, six, and 12 month maturity treasury. And then it also continues to show two, three, five, seven, 10, 20, and 30 years. So these yield curves are pretty you know, pretty detailed. It, it's going to show and map out the different rates that you're going to get all across the board, whether you're buying a one month or a 30 year U.S. Treasury. Again, if you're looking at the U.S. Treasury yield curve. So. Yeah. And, and you said that as the time that you're investing increases, that the interest also increases. Is that right? So, so I would say, um, great, great segue into the next topic, which is what are the different types of yield curves? And actually what you're referring to is what we call a normal yield curve. So there's, there's three types of yield curves. There's normal, there's flat, and there's inverted. Okay. So in a normal yield curve, it would show exactly what you're referring to, Nick, where normally... If you go and you buy a, you know, let's just say, again, I'm just going to use an example. In a, in a little bit, we're actually going to talk about where rates are today. But in the case of a normal yield curve, and let's just say you're going to look and, and you're, you want to buy a U.S. Treasury bond. So normally, let's say the rate on a one-month U.S. Treasury is 2%. Well, normally, if you go out to three months, you might get 21 and if you go to six months, maybe it's 2.5. And then again, the rate keeps getting higher all the way uh, out to 30 years, right? Yeah. So normally, and so in, in that case, you would see a yield curve that that if you were to draw it on a piece of paper, it would start at the bottom left of your piece of paper and it would slope upward and to the right on that sheet of paper and just signifying that as you go out longer in maturity, you're going to get a little bit higher of an interest rate. Yeah. Why is that? Because if you're going to lock your money up for longer as an investor, you would, you would, you would expect in return to get a higher interest rate. So if I go loan my money to the U S government for 30 years, my hope would be that the interest rate they pay me is higher. If I commit to them for a 30 year loan, Versus if I'm just giving him money for one month. Right? Yeah. Um, now, one thing that's important to know on a normal sloped yield curve is that normal sloped yield curves do tend to flatten at a certain point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you go buy a one month U.S. Treasury and let's say you're getting that 2%, well, it's not like if you loan them money for 30 years, you're going to get 30% a year, right? Yeah. Or 
sometimes I'll kind of joke, like, it doesn't mean you're going to get 100% a year if you give them money for 100 years. Yeah, yeah. So what you see in a normal sloped yield curve is it's going to show that rates on shorter maturity bonds are lower than longer maturity bonds. But at a certain point, you're getting very small increases in interest rate as you continue to buy longer maturities. Hence the sense. the curve description. It's yes. not a linear line. It's just saying that it's going to it's going to change over time the the rate of return eventually. Flat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, in a normal situation or what we call normal sloped yield curve, it's exactly what you just pointed out Nick is that in a normal scenario investors would expect that, you know, I I commit for a little longer and in return i expect a little bit higher of an interest rate yeah so the inverse then is i mean it seems pretty easy to understand is just the opposite of that right yeah so there's an inverted yield curve which is what we want to spend time talking about today because the yield curve is currently inverted um, and so we'll explain what that means real quick i want to address the second type of yield curve which is a flat yield curve, which is you know fairly easy to understand. A flat yield curve just simply signifies that interest rates across all maturities are roughly the same, right? So in times where we have flat yield curves, if you're going and buying a you know two-year bond or a 10-year bond or, or something in between, the rates tend to be pretty similar, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be exactly the same. Normally with a flat yield curve, the rate is not exactly the same on every maturity. Um, Oftentimes there's kind of little bumps along the way where maybe for some reason a five-year bond might be paying 2.1%, whereas a one-year and a 10-year paying two. Um, But generally a flat yield curve signifies just an uncertain economic situation. Hmm. So, um, you know, oftentimes the yield curve is normal when the economy's in expansion, you know? So, yep. um, and, and I want to note, uh, this is this information is from Investopedia. So according to Investopedia, we always like to cite our sources. Uh, we tend to see normal yield curve in times of economic expansion. In times of economic uncertainty, we tend to see flat yield curves. And then, uh, you know, finally, the third type of yield curve, and again, the... The real reason we're doing this today is an inverted yield curve, and and that's what we have today. So as we record this podcast uh, on August eighth, two thousand three, so have no idea when you're going to be listening to this, and who knows what the yield curve will be when yeah. you listen to this. But this is where we are now. We have an inverted U.S. Treasury yield curve, and again, according to Investopedia, an inverted yield curve is when the curve slopes downward with short-term rates actually being higher than long-term rates. Hmm. Uh, Such yield curves often, not always, but they tend to correspond with periods of economic recession. So we want to address that in a minute is, does this inverted yield curve that we have right now, is is it suggesting that we might have a recession? And again, according to Investopedia, this is typically the case because investors expect yields on longer maturity bonds to trend lower in the future. In an economic downturn, investors seek safe investments and they tend to purchase 
longer date bonds over shorter dated bonds, bidding up the price of those longer term bonds and driving down their rates. So that's kind of the reason behind it. So again, what does all that mean? What it means is that if you're in a time where it's looking like potentially the economy could be going into a recession, generally speaking, when that happens, the Federal Reserve will lower interest rates. And so if you're someone who's thinking that, hey, we think that the economy is going to be going into a downturn, and therefore we think that most of the time when that happens, the Fed tends to lower rates, that means that the expectation from bond investors is that rates are actually going to be lower in the future, and therefore uh, you know, the rates on those longer-term bonds are lower in that situation because again it's the bond market basically predicting that those rates are going to be shorter or sorry lower in the future. Yeah. Um so inverted yield curves do tend to uh tend to come in times of wh- where again people think the economy might be going into recession. So um some really interesting information on this right now. So again, recording this podcast August 9th, 2003. This is information as of today. So I got these rates directly 2023. Sorry. What did I say? 2003. Wow. Yeah. Great catch, Nick. (laughs) 2023. That could have been bad for for our compliance team there. 2023. Wow. Rates were much different in 2003, by the way. Uh, So this is, again, according to treasury.gov. So you can go to home.treasury.gov and you can actually see the yield curve if you're interested in that. And you can see what rates are in U.S. Treasuries. And so kind of interesting right now, if you were to go by, a, again, this is according to the Treasury's website, a three-month U.S. Treasury right now is paying 5.56%. If you go out and you buy a Treasury, the rate's actually slightly lower. It's 5.53. A one-year Treasury is 5.3. Now, if you go out to five years, it goes down to 416 and then if you go 10 years, it drops to 4.09, okay? But then if you go back out to 30 years, it's 4.26%, all right? So that's actually, uh, our yield curve is inverted right now. And all that means is that, again, as I just kind of read that off, it means that rates on shorter-term bonds are actually higher than rates on long-term bonds. So just for, I guess, clarity, what's the highest point right now? It's the one month? Yeah, actually, right now, um, you know, on all those rates uh, that I just read off, the three month at five point five six is is the highest rate. Five point so, five six for yeah. three months, and then what's the what's the lowest point? The lowest point um, is ten year at four point oh nine. Yeah, so that's a pretty big spread. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so again, you know, the yield an inverted yield curve can be a predictor of recession. So. Uh, now that we've explained the yield curve, we, we want to move on and talk about like, well, why is it important? Why are we paying attention to this right now? Um, so according to data from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, an inverted U.S. Treasury yield curve has accurately predicted all 10 recessions since 1955. Uh, there was only one false positive in the mid-1960s. So the yield curve has inverted before every recession since 1955. It did invert one time in the 60s 
where we actually did not go on to have a recession. So it, it, it gave a false positive back then. And the, that predictor has meant that we've, we've gone on to have a recession within two years of the yield curve inverting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, again, according to that same data from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, the average time that we have an inversion to the time of we, that we have a recession is typically between 12 to 24 months. So it's more rare that it happens, you know, before 12 months. Uh, but it generally falls in that 12 to 24 months. So does that mean gloom and doom right now? Right. I mean, so that's kind of the big thing that investors are asking. And, and again, why we wanted to, to jump on and open the mic and talk about this is, yeah. you know, th- an inverted yield curve, it's important to watch because it has accurately predicted ev- every recession since 1955. Is that gloom and doom? Does it mean we need to run for the hills? Um, as you just pointed out, Nick, the last podcast that we did was actually on recessions. So yeah. kind of a follow-up to that. But uh, a couple of points that we really want investors to understand right now. So um, although an inverted yield curve is frequently referenced as a warning sign, so it is accurate in kind of, you know, letting us know that we need to, I guess, proceed with caution, it actually does not provide insight as to the severity or duration of recessions. Yeah, I think a good example of that is looking at uh, 2020. Like where we had a recession during COVID that was also the shortest ever recession that we've had. So just because there's this like, oh, there may be a recession, it's not saying that it's going to be severe or less severe, just that there is one. We don't know what what the future is going to hold. Right, right. Um, this time around, so if, if we look and say, well, when, you know, we have this inverted yield curve, when did it invert? I mean, I think it's interesting because I'm really hearing more about this in the news right now than I have, but the in the yield curve inverted actually back in March of 2022, uh, 17 months ago. Okay. Hmm. And so again, uh, the information that we shared with you before about, you know, the accuracy that the yield curve has in predicting recessions was from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. I want to be very clear that what I'm about to say comes from the mind of Todd Nick. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, past, past uh, returns are no guarantee of future results. Uh, but, you know, this is just, again, kind of my thinking and, and prognosticating. But, Ooh. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people that we pay attention to it, you know, Charles Schwab is one of our great partners. And, you know, we get a lot of data from them. And, and, and you know, obviously in our job, we're, we're reading and and hearing predictions from all sorts of different sources. But there's this growing thought and this growing idea of rolling recessions, right? Mm. So one thing that's been a little different about this economic downturn or this time of uncertainty is the fact that a lot of industries in our country have actually already been in recession. And we have not yet seen the GDP drop all at once. And again, the, the normal kind of definition of recession, well, the, the definition of recession is a significant downturn in economic activity, but, but they tend to kind of call recessions when we see two negative quarters of GDP in a row, right? We have not seen that. But a lot of people think that 
and again, we don't know what's going to happen, but there's a lot more people getting behind this notion of rolling recessions, meaning we might not see the GDP of the entire country fall in unison two quarters in a row because industries are experiencing recession, but some industries have already experienced recession and come out of it. And so yeah, it's possible that the yield curve was right it, in that this time around, maybe it did signal accurately a downturn in economic activity, but that downturn might not look the same as it has in the past because, you know, this time, the way that we've gone through this um, has been quite different because it's it's come with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates at the fastest pace in history. Yeah, okay. and I think it's also kind of that different industries, you know, when we're thinking about inflation and, you know, productivity, when we look at goods versus services over the past couple of years since COVID, there's been times where services, like, you know, you go to a restaurant and someone is providing a, an experience to you or something like that or a financial service, there's been times where that has been a lot uh, more readily available versus yeah. goods and other times where those have swapped even the last year where it's not just like everything is interacting the same way at the same time where it's like they're kind of these industries are weaving back and forth yeah. some up while theirs are down and back and forth yeah exactly and 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 we've seen that play out a little bit more drastically this time around than in times past so um and then the second thing we want to point out and kind of the last thing on this you know does this inverted yield curve does it mean gloom and doom? Um, again, not necessarily for for one other reason. Uh, so recessions are not always gloom and doom for the stock market. So I think this is also a very interesting statistic. Uh, so according to an article published very recently, it was published on July 31st of 2023. Got that right? Nice. Uh, this was done by US News and World Reports. And in this article, they cite that a lot of the data they compiled came from the St. Louis Federal Reserve. But this is really interesting. Since 1965, again, the, the yield curve has been a very good predictor of recession, but it's not been a great predictor of the timing and or depth of recessions or return of the stock market. Okay, So since 1965, according to this article... The S&P 500 has experienced a median return of positive 8.5% in the 12 months followed by yield curve inversion. So since 1965, there's been eight times where the yield curve has inverted. And the median return of the S&P 500 over the next 12 months is actually positive 8.5%. Interesting. Okay. So yield curve inverts, and historically that's meant 10 out of the 11 times there's been a recession, but in that recession, the stock market's median return has been eight. So recession eight, down markets, yeah. but. So, and, and again, just to be, so yes, but to be real clear is the return of the market has been eight and a half percent since the, from 12 months after the yield curve inverted, mm, right? Yeah. So the timing of the recession in there, you know, again, tends to happen in the 12 to 24 months range. But if we look at just the return of the S&P, uh, the median return is eight and a half percent, twelve months after the actual inversion of the yield curve. So, 
again, um, you know, I think the most important thing we wanted to point out today on, on today's episode is just, you know, this word yield curve has been in the news. And frankly, it's in the news a lot, like not just during times where it inverts, but I think it's interesting. It's an interesting topic to break down because, again, um, I think investors, sometimes they'll hear this word yield curve and wonder what it is. Uh, but also just, you know, again, addressing the fact that we do have this invert, inverted yield curve right now. What does that mean for investors? And and I think that a lot of people think, you know, just to kind of wrap up here is that, you know, right now too, and again, we don't, we don't know for sure because the yield curve has been a very accurate predictor of recessions. However, this time around, there's also a lot of people that think it's, it's inverted because, you know, the strategy of the Fed this time has been to raise rates at the fastest pace in history. However, everybody everybody is already like predicting that they're going to lower rates. You know, I mean, the, there's a lot of people saying they're going to lower rates uh, first part of next year. Again, no one knows what's going to happen for sure. But more and more, you know, you're hearing the Fed start to talk about, you know, we're almost done maybe you know, more news coming out of the, or more, more indicators coming out of the Fed is that, hey, we're getting closer to being done with these rate increases. And then a lot of people in the bond market are actually predicting that, that rates might actually start to go down at the first part of next year. So, you know, I think that the thinking is that the reason that the yield curve is inverted is, is likely the fact that it's just, you know, it's like, hey, there's a really good chance that rates are going to go down next year. That's what the bond market thinks. Yeah. Right? So that's why it's inverted is just because, hey, we know that these these high interest rates we're seeing right now aren't, they're not going to last long. You know, most most investors or or the bond market is kind of just signaling to us right now that, you know, hey, like we know this is temporary. We know that the Fed is going to be raising rates down the road or sorry, lowering rates here coming up. So that that's... Another reason why people think this this yield curve inversion doesn't necessarily spell gloom and doom. It's just simply saying, hey, we know these high interest rates are temporary and, yeah. and we know rates are going to go down. So it could be that we're in a time period of the second false positive recession indicator since 1955. Exactly. So it, it, could, it could be, and again, we'll have to wait and see what happens, but... Exactly. This yeah. might be a scenario where, hey, we we had the warning signs flash, and again, like it, it even that, I I would argue again, this is just me. I would argue that it's still accurate. We certainly have experienced a time of economic slowdown and uncertainty, and that yield curve inverted back in March, and and obviously the market hit a low last year in in October. Yeah, uh, and so you know. Um, I think some might walk away, and even if we don't have a recession, would would argue, hey, the yield curve, you know, it it was right. Again, things did certainly slow down. Yeah, I will so. say this: we do a market update every month to kind of give more in the moment uh, commentary of what we think is happening in the market. Uh, so I did the most recent one, and in that we talked about China's deflation. I won't get too much in the weeds of what that means, but that's also another indicator of coming recession. So uh, times when China's markets deflated have been immediately been followed by a recession. So like the 2008, the uh, dot-com bubble, even the 2020 recession uh, from COVID. And just today, I heard on the news driving in today that uh, China just dipped into a um, 
a deflation deflationary time period. So again, is that mean that we're going into a recession? No, there's a lot of different factors that we want to look at when we're saying, are we going into a recession? But um, just kind of interesting that we are seeing a couple different indicators saying that this could be uh, a time of recession that we're entering or maybe already in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, another thing too, I'll, I'll close on this because I think it's important to to talk about with yield curves is that like we're talking a lot right now about indicators of recession, but yield curves have a benefit for investors um, and, and something to, to pay attention to if you're investing in the bond market um, or CDs um, because you don't want to just look at the time frame, right? And say like, oh, I want a CD for, for one year, right? It's important to say where is that curve and where am I going to get the best return, right? So it's it has an immediate um, importance for investors. It's not just an indicator of economic activity. So if, if you're thinking, yeah, I'm out, I want to invest in some CDs or some bonds, it's important to, to work with a financial advisor or professional um, that can look at that yield curve and say, okay, for you, what's the what's the most appropriate bond to be investing in based on your time frame and your risk tolerance um, and all those things. So um, yeah, there's a lot of good things that come with the yield curve. Love the yield curve. Love it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that's all we've got for you guys today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the content. Um, let us know your feedback uh, about how this episode went. And if there's any other topics that you guys want to hear um, us talk on, we're always looking for these questions that people have that we think we can bring to layman's terms. It's going to bring more clarity to what's going on in the world. So we hope you got that today and thanks for tuning in. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Momentous Wealth Management Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Momentous Wealth Management Inc. and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Momentous Wealth Management Inc. unless a client service agreement is in place.